It's amazing. You know, I want to say thank you to the worship team, but the reality is if there was no spirit, there would be not what you, you wouldn't have what you had this morning. If it wasn't for the spirit of the Lord, then you wouldn't have experienced what you experienced this morning. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be as free as you are free right now. You wouldn't sense the liberty that you're sensing right now. If it was not for the spirit of the Lord, your chains would not be broken. Your sicknesses would not be healed. Come on, praise His name. Bless His name this morning. Hallelujah. Something's happening in this house. Something's happening in this house. As you know, Pastor and Pastor Z is not here today. But what we're experiencing right now is what he's praying for you. He sent me a voice message yesterday and he said, B, I'm trusting God for God to do something special in that house tomorrow morning. I'm trusting God for a breakthrough upon everybody in the house. He said, I'm trusting God for the Spirit of God to do what he needs to do. Even while he's there, he's praying for you. Amen. Prayers are being sent over the church. And I just want to honor them this morning and tell them that we love them. We appreciate them. Amen. they the best that God has, could have given to a church. Apostle Max Pastor Z, we love you. We honor you. We appreciate you. We're so blessed to have you as our spiritual leaders, our spiritual parents in this place. Amen. Every time I speak to him, everything that he speaks to me about, and he's on holiday, is always about you. Always. He says, B, we need to do this thing for the people. man. It's the next generation. I want to change this thing. We need to look at this thing. We need to build better platforms. We need to get the word outside. Why? The people need to be set free. Everything in his being, everything that they do, their mind is on you and what God wants to do in your life. So we just honor them this morning. I just want to pray for them this morning. Father, we thank you for the gifts that you've blessed this house with. We pray a special portion of favor. And blessing upon them today. Thank you for rest and restoration. Increase their capacity to receive your love in the season. Bind their minds to your mind. Keep them in perfect peace. I speak health and healing to their bodies, to their minds and to their beings. And I thank you, Father God, wherever they go, Doors of favor are continuously opening for them. And everywhere they find themselves in this holiday, they'll find peace, rest, and recompense in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Like I said, you're in the best church in the world. Amen. God visits everywhere else, but He's here with us always. Amen. Amen. And I just want to honor apostles just to give me the opportunity to minister to you this morning. It's something I don't take lightly. I always share with you. I don't know how He does it week in and week out. You must be graced. Amen. You must be graced. Amen. So I'm trusting God to do something special in our lives this morning. Amen. I must just tell you, I love the word. I love the word. This house preaches the word. Amen. 
the uncompromising truth comes from this pulpit always. Amen. And I just, just spending time in the Word and preparing, it's like, shoo. It's not even, I feel selfish at times because I think I enjoy it more than you. <laughs> but God is just awesome. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. I thank you this morning for the word that must be ministered. Thank you, Lord God, that these are your people. And that you've given word, Father God. In season to those who are weary. I pray that this word will strengthen, exhort, encourage, and empower every year. So that they can fulfill the God-given destiny and purpose upon their lives. I thank you that as I minister, Father God, that by your spirit, you'll break chains. Destroy strongholds. And bring people into their liberty and the freedom that you've assigned to them. I bless you now. And I thank you for this honor and the privilege it is to share your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have empowered me to do what you need me to do today. Come and have your will and have your way. In Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen. Awesome. So we're going to get straight into it this morning. I'm going to continue with the series on altars. And this morning's word is altars of dominion. Say with me, altars of dominion. Okay, you got to work with me this morning. Amen. Ooh, you got to work with me this morning. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me feel some love. Awesome. So as apostles been ministering over altars, and the, this has been a powerful series. I don't know what it's been like for you, but it's been life-changing for me. The revelation, the understanding that has come in the season has been absolutely profound and been such a blessing to me in terms of just understanding how this thing works. <laughs> Amen. You know, when you understand the components and you can put them together and you can make them work and you can receive the result that God has intended, then that's the blessing. Amen. Where you're not walking or groping at something or groping at the principle or trying to make something work, but God actually gives you step by step how to put this thing together, how to work it for your life in order to come into the best life that He's designed and assigned for you. Amen. So I want to keep going with altars. And altars are designed to interact with the spiritual realm and make allowances for exchange between the natural and the spiritual to take place, whether good or bad, whether light or darkness. Everywhere, all over, there's altars. Are you with me? And altars either assigned to the kingdom or altars assigned to the kingdom of darkness. It's a system that makes allowances for man to create portals in the earth for the spiritual realm to have access into the natural. When God created the earth in the beginning, the earth literally was birthed out of the spiritual realm. The earth is the child of the parent called the spirit. Are you with me? When God made the earth, it was birthed out of the spiritual. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. That means the unseen controls the seen. In everything. Everything that you're experiencing in your life personally, that you're experiencing in your family, that you're experiencing in your, in your community, that you're experiencing in the business, that you're experiencing in your nation. Everything that's playing out in the natural comes from the source of the spirit. It's attached somewhere with the light or with the darkness. 
So everything that you're experiencing right now, the, the way the world is going, all the stuff that's taking place, there is no thing that just has a natural occurrence. There isn't. There isn't something that's just naturally taken place. No, there's some spiritual truth and force behind it in order to make it take place in the earth either to move and not either to move forward the agenda of that spiritual kingdom so if it's darkness darkness has an agenda the kingdom of god has an agenda so whichever altar you are connected to the agenda of that kingdom is the kingdom you are submitted to whether by conscious decision because some people choose to serve Satan or which is worse for me in a way is through ignorance is that people are suffering under altars and they don't even know it suffering under systems of the kingdom of this world without even being aware that it's taking place Romans chapter 8 verse 19 as we go there I want you to understand this that when you have the earth think about this God creates a natural space the earth Are you with me this morning and then he says he's going to put a system called the kingdom of God over that earth Are you with me he says to Adam he makes him in his image and likeness and we're going to dig into that today but he says, I'm going to put this earth and I'm going to put from this side, man, you must have dominion, amen, over the earth. He says, I'm going to put a system in place that comes from the kingdom of God, that when that system rules and reigns and governs over the earth, it's going to dictate the direction of the earth. That's why you see the Garden of Eden the way that you see it. The Garden of Eden was a manifestation and a response of the earth to the kingdom of God system. Think about it. It said Eden was a place of voluptuous living. Increase upon increase upon increase. There was an abundance. There was more than enough. The presence of God was there. And the kingdom of God governed over that place. It even said that the precious metals that he spoke of gold. And I, I can't even name those other things. I can't even speak. I don't know how to pronounce it. But it speaks of those things. And how could you know that those things were there? You didn't have to mine it. You didn't have to mine it. Gold was above the ground. Why? Because there could be no toil in the kingdom. Are you with me? So when you walked in the Garden of Eden, it was a supernatural display and manifestation of the earth's response to the system called the kingdom of God that was designed to have power and function over it. When Adam sinned, he handed the keys of authority to who? Satan. And Satan began immediately to establish his system, the world system, over the earth in order to keep man bound and in order to make the earth a place that would never give up to man. What was designed for man to have dominion over. So it's the system. So read this. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says. For the earnest expectation of creation. It eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Because the earth knows. 
that the place for its best functionality and production is when it's submitted to the kingdom of God. When the earth is submitted to the spirit, or let me say to the kingdom of this world, or the system of the world, the kingdom of darkness, it's where there's groans. That's why you have weather patterns the way that it's happening. That's why you have changes in climate the way that it's happening. That's why you have things happening in the environment the way that it's happening, earthquakes and all those kind of things. Why? Because the world system is in positions of rulership over the earth because man through altars is aligning with the incorrect system. So when it says that the earth is groaning, it's waiting, it's saying what? Let the sons and daughters of kingdom life embassy. Get up and understand who they are. And let them enforce the kingdom of God over every sphere of influence that has been assigned to them, over every geographic place, over the communities, their households, their homes, their businesses. And when that thing comes into the line, in alignment, the earth starts to give up. Where other people are toiling for certain things, you'll find the gold just come into your hand. Amen. Where people are suffering under a system to produce results, you'll see that you'll come into the ease of what God wants to do. Why? Because the earth will respond correctly. It won't fight with you anymore. It will, it will give up willingly because the right system is ruling over it. Amen. So the key is what? It's that we need to align with the right system. We need to align with the kingdom of God. Are you with me this morning? In Luke chapter 4 verse 5 to 8 it says, Then the devil, this is when, when, when the enemy was tempting Jesus. I'm going to take my time this morning, but I'm going to finish on time. But I just, I want, I want us to, to, I want to teach this morning, amen. Are you good with me? Luke chapter 4 verse 5 to 8 it says, Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. He says, and the devil said, In all this authority I will give you, and their glory, for this has been delivered to me. Who gave it to him? Adam. He says, all this kingdom, this machinery that I built, this system that I built to govern the earth and keep it subject and under, I will give it to you. Just bow down to me. He says, this thing that I've established, I'm going to give it to you. All the glory thereof, I'm going to give it to you. All you have to do is just bow down and worship me. Jesus obviously says no. And Jesus takes back the authority. Amen. Through the death and resurrection of his life. But what I want you to see is that the enemy has a plan. And the reason why I'm sharing that with you this morning. Because our eyes need to be opened. Are you with me? Our eyes need to be opened because ignorance will keep you suffering under a system without you even knowing. You'll be thinking you're doing the right thing, yet you're stuck and bound because of what the enemy has placed upon your life. Amen. Because the enemy's key weapon is deception. I just want to lay a foundation this morning. His key weapon is deception. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, it says, So the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast over. He says he deceives who? The whole world. 
You see what he did is when he erected and put in place the system, the system of this world, he created a system of education to teach you how to function within that system. Think about it. He creates a system of education to teach you how to function in that system. Why? He empowers you. He empowers you. He empowers mankind to be able to function in that system and makes you think that that system is going to give to you what you desire of it. You see, the challenge is that every person is born and because we were born of God, and I'm going to get into that right now, but there is an innate desire inside of every single person to have some form of dominion or other. Why do you think people want more money? They want dominion over the circumstances. Why do you think people want health plans? They want dominion over sickness. Are you with me? Nobody actually just wants that. You know what I'm saying? No, everybody wants to get either more money, they want to increase the education. Why? Because they believe if they increase the education, they're going to get a better job. And if they get a better job, they're going to get more money. And if they get more money, they'll have more uh, uh, dominion over the circumstances. They can do what they want to do. It's a sense of dominion, but it's false. Are you with me? It's a false sense of dominion. It's a false sense of independence, a false sense of superiority. Because that kingdom is designed by the one who can only steal, kill, and destroy. That system cannot produce any other result for your life but steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. It cannot. Jesus says, I've come to give you life, life in abundance, till the full until it overflows. His system is designed to only produce that in your life. Only. So whichever system you submitted to determines the outcome for your life. Are you with me this morning? So he educates you in his system in order to keep you in bondage. Let's read the scripture in Matthew chapter 6, 22 to 23 in the NKJV, in the New King James says, the lamp of the body is the eye, means the gateway. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Let's read it in the New Living Translation. Do you have the NLT? Oh, they do. Awesome. Your eye is the lamp that provides lamp to your body, light to your body. When your eye is good, your whole body will be filled with light. But even when your eye is bad, your whole body will be filled with darkness. And if the light that is, listen, if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? <laughs> think about it. Because light is referring to what? To illumination, to knowledge. Darkness referring to ignorance. So it says when he keeps you in ignorance, he's got you. So he says, but people are learning dark knowledge. And they're thinking it's light. And those who think that the dark knowledge is light, is saying, how deep is that darkness? Do you watch a matrix? When he says, you know what, some people over a certain age, we can't set them free. Not in this house, not in the world, amen. I'm just saying, watch the movie, reference point. He says, we can't set them free. Why? Because they'll fight you. Because they're not ready to be set free. Why? Because the minute you come with an opposing revelation or opposing information, the reason why people fight up against it is because it's shaking the foundation that they built their lives upon. So when you say to somebody that's been serving the world system for years, you say, the way to break poverty of your life is to sow a seed. They cannot compute it. Because it doesn't make what? 
sense. Why? Because the system that you've grown up on doesn't teach you anything about seed time and harvest. It tells you to hoard and to try to save and to lend and that's the only way you're going to overcome. Are you with me? So when you speak about tithing, it's a tilt for people. Not for this church. Not for this church. But you tell somebody in the world that you're going to tithe and see what they say to you. You tell somebody in the world, they say, oh, you're going through the struggle, you know. It's time for you to now really change and think what you're doing. This ministry thing is not working. You say, no, no, no. I'm giving my life to Jesus because I know he's going to do something with me. And tomorrow I'm going to sow the seed. For them, it's foolishness. Are you with me? 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27. I'm just laying a foundation. It says, but God has chosen the foolish things. <laughs> of the world to put to shame the wise. You see, because once you continue on the path of the kingdom and you keep sowing your seed and you bring your tithe into the stars, they can't understand how you're prospering by giving something away. They can't understand why you keep on getting promoted, why God is doing this thing. They don't even understand why they're showing you favor, but they're giving you favor and favor and favor. Why? Because you're applying principles that are far superior. And for them, it's foolishness. But God uses it to confound the wise. That's what the Bible says. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise it when you have to go through certain things and, and you're going through the mill and it feels like nothing happening and people are watching you. I spoke to somebody else this week and they called me and said, yeah, we're going through the fire. And they're talking, talking, showing me, sharing all the stuff. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. And all I'm listening is, okay, what is the thing that you need to know so you can get out? And you finish and I say, okay, so? Hey, what do you mean so? I said, the Bible says, oh, but for these light afflictions. They're like, you're saying this is a light. I said, hey, if you want this thing, go through whatever you must go through. Don't care if people feel, sh if you feel shame or embarrassment, don't worry because you know that if you stay down this path, the only outcome is life Life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Come on. There is no other outcome. When you apply the principles of the kingdom of God, when you step into the kingdom of God, the only outcome is victory. The only outcome is an overcomer. The only way you come is with your prosperity, your peace, your healing, your wholeness. There's no other outcome. I said, you're not subject to the world. But there might be something that you need to adjust, change, repent of in the season to break you free. But the minute you do it, the minute you know, then you're out. So I said, don't talk to me about those things because the end wants you to keep your eyes on there. Forget those things. God can change a thing in an instant. Just figure out what is the thing that you need to do. Amen. He'll use the foolish things. To confound the wise. Amen. So what's the key? The key is to receive the light of the word of God. It's to pursue revelation. It's to pursue kingdom understanding. It's to grow in your spiritual maturity and your spiritual intelligence. It's to understand the things of the spirit because the things of the spirit are governing the things of this world. And so when the enemy keeps you toiling and running in that hamster wheel, chasing something that you'll never get, 
because that system isn't designed to give it up to you. It's not. Hear me. They call it a rat race. They can have the rat race. We're not rats. Amen. But that's where people are stuck. Not this church. Not this church. Amen. Because that's not God's design. So I want to go back and I want to take us to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. And I want to deal with three points this morning that just for me will bring us into a place of understanding what God is doing in our lives. Amen. And help us to navigate the next season and walk in the dominion that God has assigned for us. Are you with me? Because the thing is, the more light and revelation that you receive, the more the limitations of this world is broken from your life. The enemy will do everything in his power to keep you from the truth. Because he knows the minute you accept the truth and embrace the truth and walk in the truth, he's got no answer for you. You know I mean? The devil is not a fight for Jesus. It's not like uh, God and the devil can step in the ring. It cannot be. The devil, he, 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 he stands no chance. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like having a little baby coming stand before me and say, okay, we're going to take it. No, it's not possible. Are you with me? The only reason why the enemy had authority was because the authority was given to Adam was given to him through sin. But Jesus took it back and whooped him. And the Bible says he made a public spectacle of him. That means that he stripped him down. He whooped him in the spiritual realm and he put him on display as the one who is under. Are you with me? He showed every being in the spiritual realm. Just think of the shame that he must feel. Think of the embarrassment of the enemy. That's why he wants to try and embarrass you and shame you. The devil is a liar. Why? Because on that day he was shown to every spiritual being that everything that he could ever thought he had was stripped away. The one who walked in pride was utterly humiliated in the spiritual realm by Jesus himself. So this is not a place where we come and say, okay, the devil, we're going to... No, no, nobody. The day I step into a kingdom principle is the day that I have victory. Jesus paid the price. I'm victorious through Christ Jesus. The day I choose it. Hear me? I'm already victorious. I've just got to choose it. I've just got to embrace the truth of what God has done on the inside of me. And the day I embrace it and receive it is the day that I'll experience it. It does not mean it was not there. Hear me. The same for your healing. The Bible says every promise is yes and amen. And it's yes and amen in who? In Christ Jesus. The day I received him, everything that was in Jesus, he fulfilled the entire law. Every promise in the word of God becomes the fulfillment of my life. I just got to get light and revelation and I've got to step into it and say today is the day that I'm walking in victory today is the day i'm receiving my healing today is the day i'm receiving my breakthrough come on somebody hallelujah i said i'm gonna teach genesis 1 verse 26 says that god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fishes of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So when God created everything in the beginning, 
in Genesis chapter 1. This is the perfect picture. Are you with me? This is God's intention for creation and for mankind. So when He makes man, this being in the beginning, He says three things. One, I'm going to make Him in my image. Two, in our likeness. And three, He's going to have dominion. Those are the three I want to stick with this morning. One, image. Two, likeness. And three, dominion. So let's deal with image. When you see the word image, it says God made him in his image. He's talking about the spirit man. He says, I'm making an exact duplicate of kind. He says, I'm going to make one that's just like me, born from my DNA and my substance. That when I look at him, it's like I'm looking in the mirror. God himself. God himself. God makes a man in his class. In the God class, you always hear apostles say, God makes us in the God class. God puts us in the God class. And he wasn't ashamed to do it. He had no issues with it. Some religions do, but we don't. Because he made him in his image. His identity was found in his father from above. He says, I'm going to make this man, and this man's going to look just like me. You know, when you walk past a father and a son, sometimes I don't have that with me. My children, they got a mixture there somewhere. People say, oh, this one looks like you. I say, oh, okay, I don't know where you're seeing, what you're seeing, but anyway. But some fathers and sons, when you look at them, you say, you are eight Same, same. When all of heaven, every angelic host and every demonic force saw this creation come into being, they said, you Think about it. The power of who God made us to be. Just like Him. In His class. I don't even think we can fathom it into its fullness. We need more revelation. Are you with me to understand it in its fullness? But God made us in His class like Him. Amen. Jesus reiterates the same truth. If you go to John chapter 10 verse 34. Jesus answered them and said, Is it not written in your law? He's referring to Psalms 82 verse 6. He said, Is it not written in your law? I said, You are God's. <laughs> you see, the world system will always want to bring you below. It will never want you to recognize the truth of who you really are. That's why they must design a system of education that will tell you you came from a monkey. I don't know about you, but I ain't got no likeness with no monkey. I don't look like, I'm no exact duplicate of kind of a monkey. I'm born in the image of God. They will educate you in that system, you know I, mean? I just want to say this quickly. I'm not saying education is wrong. <laughs> but if education is greater than your revelation, the only outcome is bondage. When revelation precedes education, then liberty is the only outcome. So it's okay to have an education, but the education must be built on a foundation of revelation. And the revelation of who? Who you are, who God is in your life, and what God said about you. And no other way. 
So yes, my children must go to school and yes, they must learn to count. Why must we count, Daddy? Because you're going to be very rich one day, my boy. Because the blessing of the Lord is upon you and you better be able to count your money and count your seed and count your harvest. Okay, Daddy, why must I know English? Why must I learn how to talk? Because my son, one day, God's going to birth out of you the idea and the destiny that he's created you for and you better be able to stand in front of people and say what you need to say in order for you to take the territory that God assigned for you. So I understand that you need education, but it's not the primary thing because if they don't have a revelation the only outcome is bondage and here's the thing hear me it's 12 years minimum five days a week eight till two that they indoctrinate you in a system that has no power to bring you out just a thought and for two hours, maybe. We shout in the pastor preach, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, pastor preach long this morning. No, you need the light. That's why if you look at the church in the book of Acts, every day they had church. Every day they were schooled. Why? Because they needed to renew their minds according to what God had said about them. And so they won't be subject to a system that can only produce bondage and no dominion. Amen. So Jesus says, he says, but didn't God say? Because they were going, he says, no, but isn't it in your law that the Bible says that you are God's? God assigned us and designed us to live in the class of God's. Amen. Hear me, I know that Adam sinned and he gave up his position and he had now sin that was in him. Amen. And his seed was now tainted. But God already counted it in Genesis chapter 3. What did he say? He said, I'm going to send forth another seed. He says, even though your seed is now missed, I'm going to send one that is superior. So when Mary says, do it unto me according to your word, the Bible says the Holy Spirit impregnates her with a seed that comes from heaven, which was the original seed that made Adam in the beginning. Are you with me? So through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, what did God do? God restored your identity completely. That's why you have to be what? You have to be what? Born again. Interesting term. You must be born from another seed. So that the old seed becomes obsolete. And you live out the new seed. And in 1 Peter 1.23, it says what? It says the incorruptible. You're born again from what? From the incorruptible seed of the word of God. That means that seed that you're born of now. There's no mistake like Adam made. There's no mistake that you can make that can corrupt that seed. Because that seed is now found in you. And you are born of that seed. And you are in Christ. And Christ is in you. And when God looks at you, all he sees is Jesus. There's a song that I've been, that I just one song I was worshiping on Elevation. He says, you know, I don't know why you love me the way that you do. And I understand it in the context. But the reality is the only reason why he loves me is because I'm born of a new seed. I'm talking about love me the way that he does. He loves the whole world. Amen. But I'm saying the only reason why I can have that kind of relationship with him and that level of intimacy with him is because I'm born of a new seed. I didn't make me holy. Jesus made me holy. That new seed made me holy, made me righteous, and put me in right standing with God. That seed, not my own seed. As much and as beautiful as my children are, born of my seed, I think they're beautiful, amen. 
they still need to be born again. Because the seed that I gave them is inadequate to produce the life that God has assigned to them. The day they received their salvation and became born again is the day they shifted class. And their identity changed forever. So what does the enemy do? He keeps you out of knowing the true you. It brings traumatic situations and circumstances, people that will come across your path, an education system that doesn't teach you any of this. Think about it. This is not Christianity. Shoot. Yeah. What I'm teaching is not Christianity. It's mankind. Oh, you understand me? This is not a religion. It's got nothing to do with religion. There was no church in the Garden of Eden. This is how man was birthed. This is history. True history. So why are they not teaching it in schools? Because the enemy will never want you to think that you could ever be anything more than what he tells you you must be. Amen. So you were born anew. That's what the Bible says. You're a new creature. Something totally new. It's not just like, oh, I feel good now, now. No. <laughs> In the spirit realm, you've completely changed. Are you understanding me? It's like having a frog in there now. You might have a cat. I'm not calling anybody frogs and cats. Please don't put it out on social media. Pastor Bryce. No. I'm saying it's a totally new thing that took place when you got saved. That's why salvation is the greatest miracle ever. Because you shifted classes completely. And your image changed forever. Amen. So, it's image, it's likeness, and it's dominion. I'm going to skip likeness now. We're going to come back to it. I'm just going to go to dominion first. Okay, bear with me. So, when you understand the kingdom of God, you understand that when God made the earth, He created this, this system was already existing in heaven. Amen. And God says, okay, I'm going to take this system. And through man, when he comes into agreement with me because he gave him dominion, he gave him authority, amen. He says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this system and this system is going to govern the earth. And when it governs the earth, it's going to produce the results like we read in, the, in, in Genesis chapter 2, we see Eden. But Adam sins. And now this is taken away. Are you with me? And because he's given authority to the enemy, the enemy sets up his system in the earth. And you, all over the Old Testament, you see how people are resurrecting altars and putting altars in place, both to Baal and all the other gods and as well to God himself. And we see the power of God being made manifest. Then Jesus comes on the scene. When Jesus comes on the scene, what is the message that he preaches? Did he preach salvation? Salvation. He mentioned it once, Genesis to John chapter 3. He preached what? The kingdom. The system. He says, I've come to establish this system, the rule of this system in the earth. Because if you have the system, everything that you could ever need is in there. You don't need anything else but the kingdom. You hear me? You don't need anything else but the kingdom. Your healing, your wholeness, your prosperity, your peace, your dominion, everything is found in the kingdom. Are you with me? So Jesus comes onto the scene and he says, okay, he comes to reintroduce this new message of the kingdom of God and says, this is the thing. Are you with me? He says, this is the thing. This is why I'm here. I've come, you go to the God. He says, I've come to preach this message. 
to show people that there's a kingdom. So when you deal with Genesis chapter 1 and it says, let them have dominion. Dominion comes from the word rada, which means to rule, to dominate, to have dominion and to have kingdom. Are you with me? So God says, I've established this thing. Jesus comes back. Jesus says, okay, I'm putting this thing back in place. But hear me, the kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. It's in the unseen now. Jesus says, I'm coming to do what? So I can establish this back in the earth to govern the earth. How does he do it? You ask very good questions. Go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood, nothing here has revealed this to you, but my father in heaven revelation. He says, also I say to the Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against. He says, I will build, and I've shared with you before, it comes from the word oikos, oikos dealing with the lineage. It's not the physical building. You're saying, I'm going to reestablish the lineage of God back in the earth. And this lineage of God is going to become the church. And that word church is ecclesia and not what we define church as today, the German word kitsch or whatever it is, which speaks of a place of worship. That word ecclesia means a local governmental assembly. What does it mean? It means that the people of that city, that community, they would come together and assemble. And when they came together, they would legislate the laws and the constitution of the government over their area. And they would cast down judgments according to the law of the government that they come from, the constitution, are you with me? So they would create a space where they would actually determine the outcome of that community based upon the constitution that they're enforcing in that place. So when we come together as the ecclesia, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God coming together into a place, what? To order to legislate. Legislate. It says, if you bind on us, shall be bound in heaven. Loose on us, shall be loose in heaven. Bound in the one version, it says, whatever you bind must already be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose must already be loosed in heaven. What he's saying, according to the constitution of the kingdom that is in the unseen realm, you legislate according to that kingdom. So if sickness is not supposed to be in that kingdom, then you legislate it in this kingdom that you bind sickness and you lose healing. You bind poverty and you lose prosperity. You bind disease and you lose healing. Are you with me? You bind mental, uh, mental distress and you lose peace of mind, the mind of Christ. Are you understanding me? So he says that when these people come together, because he's defining the church. There was no church before this. He's defining the church. He's setting in place what the church is going to be. And he says it's going to be a local governmental assembly. So what is he saying? He says, here's an unseen realm where the kingdom of God is. In the seen realm, he's going to establish embassies. By sending apostles. Because if you go back to the Roman Empire, they would send an apostle, what was called an apostle. They would send him first with ships and with people and with inventory. And they would go to a new territory in order to take over that territory and bring in the culture of their Roman Empire, their laws, their constitution in that place. And they would, in essence, colonize that place for the Roman Empire. Are you with me? So when God says, okay, I need something to happen in South Africa. 
There's many churches. I'm not saying we're the only church. He says, but you know what? I need, I need an ecclesia to take this ground. Because what does that mean? It's dominion. You cannot have dominion if you don't have a domain. There must be a domain. So God says, I've, I've assigned a domain in this apostle called Apostle Maxwell Allen. And inside this domain, he's going to set up an ecclesia. And this ecclesia is going to come with a message. And in that message, it's going to draw a certain group of people to assemble. Are you with me this morning? And when they assemble, they are going to legislate and enforce the laws of the kingdom in the earth. Are you understanding me this morning? That's what the Bible says. You don't put yourself where you want to go. It says the Holy Spirit has planted people where he says they must be planted. Because here's the thing. When Apostle Max goes and establishes the ecclesia, he puts in the center of it an altar. That altar, if it's a kingdom altar, which it is in this house, is connected to the kingdom of God, and the spiritual connection is now divinely connected with heaven itself. That means that this altar can only birth results of dominion. It cannot birth anything else. It can only birth results of dominion. So when you come into this place, that's why when people go to churches, that are aligned with the kingdom, when people come to this church that is aligned with the kingdom, you experience dominion in some form or fashion. Hear me. Healing is just dominion over sickness. Prosperity is dominion over poverty. Soundness of mind is dominion over mental stress or distress. Are you understanding me? When things begin to work in your life, it's because dominion is being released from the altar. Are you understanding me? So you're with me this morning. So the key factor is that when God brings you into a place, hear me? There's a specific territory that this altar is designed for. So when you come into the place and God's assigned this altar for your life, it means that there's a script from heaven released to you in order for you to fulfill your piece and portion of what was designed for this place. Are you with me this morning? So think about it. The Holy Spirit assigns where you go. So if your destiny, let, let's, take, let's take me for example. My destiny, or let's take Eden for example. In his destiny, uh, apostle, a couple of years back, he's ministering on the pulpit, at the altar, in the ecclesia. God gives him a prophetic revelation. Let's just go there quickly. Go to, go to Psalms chapter 139 in the Amplified verse 14. I want you to understand something this morning. He says, I will confess and praise you, you for your fearful and wonderful and the, for the awful wonder of my birth. Wonderful are your works and that my inner self knows right well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret and intricately and curiously wrought as if embroidered with various colors in the depths of the earth, a region of darkness and mystery, saying, before you were even thought of by your parents, I knew you. Think about it. He says, I already knew you. He says, before you were put together, he says, before all that personality, he talks of the various colors, all the intricacy of who you are, the type of person you'd be, the gifting you'd come with, everything that you'd be empowered with. He says, before all that was put together, I already knew you. 
He says, my, he says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret. And yeah, go to the next one. Verse 16. He says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. That means there was no form. But you saw me. And in your book, all the days of my life were written before they ever took shape. When as yet there was none of them. He says, he says before I was even made, God already knew me. And God already scripted a life for me. So the fact that you're here right now means that God wanted you here right now. And I'm not just talking about your connection to this altar. I'm talking about your, your, the reality that you birthed. Because before, think about this. Before you were born, God already knew. So before I was born, you already said, Ah, Brian, the way he's made up and the giftings and the anointings that I'm placing in this guy, I want him birthed in 1980. And I want them to be birthed in this place because the challenges that they're going to experience in 2022, he's actually carrying the answer for that generation. You hear me? So God says, so I'm going to birth him now. Oh, yes, Brendan, Trevor. Okay, cool. There's a going in the earth. It was something that was predetermined for your life. Are you with me? So now you get born, you come into the earth, and then the next step is what? It's to connect to an altar. The minute you connect to the altar, the script is released for your life. That's why it's imperative that you connect it to the right altar. Are you understanding me? I said to you a couple of years ago, Ellen was standing here, apostles preaching, ministering, and God gives him what? God, when you say a prophetic word, God allows the prophet to read a piece of your script. He's reading the script that's in heaven of your life. He says, shoo, God's release. God says, give her the keys because I'm giving her the keys to entertainment and media. He turns around and says, Aaron, the Lord said, I must give you the things, the keys for arts, entertainment and media. What? He read a script, but a script is attached to this altar. Now, if Aaron had to move from the altar that God had assigned a script for, how is she going to fulfill her purpose and her destiny when everything that she needs to have dominion in her sphere of influence is locked up in the ecclesia that God has assigned it to? So you can't just move anywhere you want to go. You have to be spirit-led. The Holy Spirit must tell you and give you deep word to say, this is what I want you to do. Are you with me? Because when you get connected here, it's when there's a release on you. And here's the thing. Destiny, the destiny for your life is attached to the dominion of the altar. Because destiny and destiny will produce a life of dominion. The script for your life can only produce a life of dominion. It's not just about, you know, some people think about their gifting being put on a stage. And because your gift is on a certain stage and people see you on a certain stage, they think that's dominion or that's destiny. No, that's not. Dominion cannot even be defined as success. Success comes with dominion, but dominion means I go into a territory and I take it over for the kingdom of God. And when I come in here, the culture of the kingdom is made manifest through my life and in this place. And people can experience God wherever I go. I'm like a fragrance letting off certain stuff wherever I am. Are you understanding me? That's dominion. Where they understand that the Lordship of Christ has brought me into this place and I'm taking over for the kingdom of God. When you're dealing with your destiny, people define it by their gift. It's not just your gift. Your gift is a portion. Yes, you're gifted. 
Everybody has a gift. The Bible says the gift and call is without repentance. Yes, you're gifted. You've got a gift and you've got to maximize your gift. You've got to, you've got to sharpen your gift so that you can take yourself to where God wants you to go. But the end game for destiny is dominion. Are you with me this morning? And destiny, if destiny is tied to dominion, it means it's tied to territory. Every one of you, every person sitting in this house, everybody connected to this altar, there's a territory that God has assigned for your life that you need to be leading and taking over for the kingdom of God, that you will experience the life that God has got for you because He's destined it, He's scripted it for your life. Amen. So that's the two. I'm going to go back to number one and then I'm gonna, number two, I'm going to end. So number one is what? You have an identity. God made you in His cross. Number two is there's dominion. Dominion is the ultimate purpose for mankind that was instructed and designed in man in the beginning. And every person therefore has a destiny. How does God bring you into your destiny? He gives you an ecclesia. He gives you a church. He gives you an altar to connect to so that there can be release of your script so you can fulfill what God wants you to fulfill. Because when everybody's playing their part, the ultimate reason of why this ecclesia exists will come into full manifestation. This is not separated from you. It's a synergistic, mutually beneficial relationship. It's a two-way street. Are you with me? It means that what God has placed here for His purpose and His plan will release everything that you need to be able to live the full life which will in essence fulfill this plan that God has sent this thing for. Are you understanding me this morning? So number two is you need to understand the purpose of God and you need to understand that God has assigned a destiny and a, and a terrain, a, a space, a sphere of influence for your life. You are not here just because you are too valuable. Look at your neighbor and say, you're too valuable. Look at your other neighbor and say, you are made for destiny. There's nobody here that's a mistake. They come, I say you were a lot, Lamaki, it's a lie. God wanted you here. He ordained it and he assigned it. And he said, I don't care what was the product of you being here or the how you came to be here. Because you're not born to your parents. You're born through your parents. Even my children are born to me. I'm a, I'm a steward over their lives, but I better raise them for Christ. And not for me. Are you with me? Amen. So now let's break away and go into the final one, which is likeness. Likeness is the ability to function like God. That means God didn't just make you look like him and didn't just put you in his class, but he gave you the power and the ability to function like him in the earth. Are you with me? But when Adam sinned, he lost. It. So you see how God restores your identity through Jesus. You see how God restores your destiny through Jesus, through the church. And now is the last one. Let's just deal with the disciples quickly. Go to John chapter 20, verse 19. I'm finishing now. I've got three scriptures, which I'm going to go through very quickly. And I'm, are you, do you have understanding this morning? Amen. Has this, has this brought some understanding, some light and revelation this morning? Amen. John chapter 20, verse 19 to 22. It says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were. So now Jesus has been crucified. He's resurrected. They don't know yet. They haven't seen him yet. It says, The disciples assembled for the fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be to, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, to them receive what the Holy Spirit so they get born again 
because that was the only time they could get born again was because he had to first make sure that the sacrifice was received in heaven and that the work was complete. And once it was complete, they then could now be born again and receive the Holy Spirit. Because the day you get born again, you receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. He dwells inside of you. You receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Not the fullness of the Godhead on the inside of you. Because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And in Christ and Christ is in the Holy Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit in you. And Christ is with the Father. So you have the Father with you. You have the fullness of the Godhead on the inside of you. The day you received your salvation. And the only reason why they could receive the Holy Spirit was because Jesus made them holy through His sacrifice. Because the Holy Spirit needs a holy person. Amen. You cannot make you holy. He makes you holy. Are you with me? So they receive their salvation. Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20. So what did he do? He changed the identity. John chapter, two, John chapter 20. We can now what? Identity. Image. Are you with me? Made the image. Shifted them into the God class. They made of the spirit of God. It says Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, yes, destiny, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. What is he doing? He's releasing destiny. Destiny. Mark chapter 16, 15 to 18, it's the same thing. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes, will be ba- he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not will be condemned. He says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And when they lay hands on the sick, they will recover. He says, this is your destiny, Go. I'm instructing you now, the script for your life, for the 12 of you, or the 11 of you at that point, the script for your life is what? Preach the gospel to everyone. Go to the ends of the earth. He says, yeah, I'm releasing your script, your destiny. That was the second point. And now look at the last one. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. Just some context is, and being, being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. He says, stay here in this place. Stay by the altar. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, asked him, saying, Lord, will you, wait, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times and seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But here's the thing. But you shall receive power, likeness, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses, means there will be evidence of that power to me in Jerusalem and into Judea and Samaria and to all the ends. It says, in order for you to get the territory, in order for you to fulfill the script for your life, you need the what? The power. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4. And I'm ending. It says, when the day of Pentecost, today's Pentecost, had fully come, They were all with one accord in absolute unity. In one place. It's not the Honda Accord. It's one accord. It's unity. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven and a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and they appeared to them divided tongues of fire and sat upon each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It says on that day they got the power to go. Hear me, they had to stay in one place up until the point that the power of God would come upon them. And when the power of God came upon them, they could now go into all the world. 
Here's the thing. You cannot fulfill your destiny. Heaven's plan and purpose for your life, you cannot fulfill without the baptism, the fire of the Holy Spirit upon you. You need the empowerment to do what God has called you to do because your destiny is supernatural. Go read the book of Acts and see what they did. They turned cities upside down. They made governments panic. They changed the economic status of certain places because of what God had placed an empowerment upon them. So one is you must know who you are. Say I'm made in the God class. Say I'm made in the God class. Number two is you must know that there's a purpose and a destiny for your life, which is dominion. But don't forget the likeness, the power of God that is God is giving to be put upon your life to fulfill the destiny that He's instructed you to fulfill. There's territories, hear me. When you go into spaces, God called it into media and arts and stuff like that. When we go into those places, we don't go in with our gifts and our talents. Because there's spiritual powers. You know I mean? Everything is what? It's the unseen first. The way the media mountain is looking now, it's because there's an unseen controlling that scene. You know, ETV's brought back basically pornography now at night. In the shows that they're commissioning now. The late night TV. That's what they used to have many years ago. They basically brought it back. And who's making it? South African producers. Who's governing it? It's the spiritual realm. So when you go in there, you can't come in and think, okay, I'm just here and you know, I'm going to do it. No, 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 no. You better have a power that you can tap into. You better know who you are. You better know that you, when I come in here, I am from God Almighty. My Father in heaven has commanded and commissioned that I come here and I am baptized by the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Ghost upon me. I have access to the mind of Christ. I know the thoughts, the purposes of His will. I have the power of God on the inside of me. No demonic presence can stand before me. You must bow, devil, not because of who I am in my natural state, but because of who I am in Christ Jesus and the power of God that is upon my life. Amen. That's why you can go into places and do what you need to do. Don't ever be timid. Don't ever be fearful. Don't ever step back. No, no, no. I know more than anybody else. I don't care how many degrees you have. You can have more degrees than a thermometer. I've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I've got the mind of Christ. I know every solution that I need to know. I know I serve the way maker. And if there's a way to be made like here, there's a way that I'm going to go. Amen. You see, because the world, I'm ending with this, the world will always want to position you below what God has said about you. You always want to put you, you are not like any other. They even try to box Christianity in a religion. It's not a religion. So you can't box me there. I'm not like everybody else. I serve a king that is far superior than any other. And I am his child. And wherever I go, if you're not born again, you ain't my brother or my sister. to a place every demonic presence must flee from me amen this was the day the church was birthed when the holy spirit came
when the power dropped in that place. We're not here for some religious activity, hear me. We're here to get light, to get instruction. We're here to connect with the altar of God, to connect with the grace of God in this house, so that you can fulfill all that God has assigned and designed for your life in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I bless your people this morning. I speak the blessing of the Lord upon them. I thank you, Lord God, that even as the day of, this is the day of Pentecost, Father God, I thank you that there's a supernatural empowerment upon each and every person sitting under the sound of my voice and connected via live stream. I decree and I declare today that they're walking in victory and favor and open doors wherever they go according to the life that you've assigned to them, according to the territory that you've designed for them. Wherever they go, the power of God will be seen upon them and demons will flee, sickness will flee, poverty will flee in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah! Now tell me you don't serve an awesome God. He did all of that just for you. Amen.